Are you curious about that one supplement that I take every single day? In fact, multiple times a day? Head on over to Organifi.com forward slash Varga, use promo code Varga to save 20% off of your next order. Why I love Organifi is they are glyphosate-free, non-GMO, superfoods, and adaptogenic fruit juice blends. Superfoods are really important for your everyday metabolic processes, and adaptogens are really key to help you overcome stress in stressful situations. Stress is a sign of being alive, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just make sure we have adaptogens on board so we can cruise through that stress, overcome those obstacles with greater grace and ease. Enjoy today's episode on the School of Radiance podcast, and you're going to love Organifi. Welcome everyone to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. I am so excited to have you all joining me here today because today's guest is super amazing. And just a FYI, nothing that we talk about here is medical advice. It's all for educational purposes and informational purposes only. If you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. This is, you know, potentially going to be a little bit of an electrical episode. I have some electricians working in my home. And then Dr. Serge is in the midst of an electrical storm where he is in Houston. So if we lose connection, just bear with us. Uh, This is going to be a really exciting show. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe to the Rachel Varga official Facebook page, YouTube channel, subscribe on the Rachel Varga podcast, share this episode with your friend. This is going to be a really fun one. And also on the the YouTube channel, be sure to hit the subscribe button and also on Facebook so that you know when new episodes are dropped or when I'm about to go live because these are live and filtered, raw and edited. And in today's episode, we are discussing integrating aging, stem cells, research, and how we can kind of like prepare for the next step in human evolution. This is a really crazy time to be alive right now. And uh, we're going to be speaking in codes and a couple of things. We actually, uh, Dr. Serge is uh, considered a a medical expert and uh, his background is just mind blowing. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Serge's goal is to help people navigate the confusion in the world of health and nutrition. He He uses the scientific method to debunk myths and confusion. Serge's objective is to give the truthful information in order to empower people on their journey to achieve optimal health. Dr. Serge holds a PhD in experimental medicine from McGill University from Quebec, Canada. Dr. Serge is also a fellow of Harvard Medical School, Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Stem Cell Institute. Dr. Serge is also a member of the American Academy of Environmental Medicine and Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine. He serves as an expert witness for the Expert Institute. This institute provides experts to attorneys and law firms that require in-depth expertise on medical issues in legal cases. Very interesting right now. Dr. Serge is a functional medicine doctor and herbalist He is the owner of a medical clinic in the Houston area. He has authored two books. The topic of his first book is the relationship between fats and heart disease and how we are misled to believe that fats are bad. Don't you love that? It's like the the Canada food guide a long time ago was telling us to eat all these grains and dairy. And now we know that's not so good for us. So why is the sermon is key? That's why you guys are tuning in here on the show, the Rachel Varga podcast. Dr. Sturge's second book is about the impact of parasites. This is something that I'm interested in learning a bit more about too, on our health and how they can cause chronic health conditions. It's kind of like something eating away at you and taking away your nutrients. Dr. Serge has published around 20 articles in peer-reviewed scientific journals. So I've done like three or four. So to catch up to Dr. Serge, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to, to that day when I can say I have 20 published articles too. So Dr. Serge, it's great to have you on this show. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to be with you, Rachel, today. Absolutely. And uh, just for everybody tuning in, why don't you just share right away where people can learn more about you. Uh, we recently did an interview. You had me on your show and just share your, your Facebook page, YouTube channel, um, audio, like in the audio here. And also all of Dr. Serge's links are in the description box. But where can people hang out with you too? People can find me on Facebook at Serge Grigori, uh, my first and last name. And then my website, which is science drsergegoire.com and you can find ebooks and information about myself and 
what to do to really uh, detoxify, for example, what to do to help the body naturally. Absolutely, because the body has this innate desire to want to restore homeostasis and balance. We just got to make sure that we get the toxins and interferences out of the way from the body, mind, spirit, energy perspectives. All right. So let's just let's just get right into it. In your opinion, Dr. Surge, what is the best diet for weight loss? Oh, this is a great question, Rachel. There's a lot of confusion on that. You, you may know this. Uh, your audience may know this. There's dozens of different types of diet. And everybody seems to have their own opinion about what's the best way to lose weight, right? But I would like to bring us back to a study that was done in the 50s. Uh, you may know this back then, there was two schools of thoughts. There was an increase of heart disease in different countries. And people believed that fats were the enemy. Fats were causing heart disease, heart attacks, and so on. And there was another school of thought that saying there was mostly sugar. I'm not going to get into the details because it was at the end of the day a political decision, but the fat clan won. So we've been recommending a low fat, high carbs diet. And, and we can see that uh, modern diseases actually have been increasing. My point of that is in the 50s, there was doctors and we wanted to answer that question. So what they did, it was pretty crazy, actually. Back then, you could do pretty much anything when it comes to uh, testing different hypotheses. But they took people like us. They took 20 people split into three categories. So there was 20 people who fed them a diet of fat only. It was a thousand calories of fat for 60 days. Okay. I don't know if you can imagine that. 1,000 calories is not much. And just fat for two months, that's pretty tough to do. And then they fed 20 people just carbs. Again, for 60 days, 1,000 calories. And then protein. So they wanted to look at these three macros, okay? So our diet is made of macronutrients, which is fat, protein, and carbs. And they were really shocked to see the results at the end of 60 days. So all of those doctors thought that people eating fats only would be gaining weight and having all kinds of problems. But they found out back then that people who ate sugar would gain weight on a thousand calorie diet for 60 days. That was totally shocking back then. And people on the thousand calories of protein and fat lost weight. So my point of that is even back then, since the 50s, we, we've known or suspected actually that a low carb, high fat diet is the way to go when it comes to weight loss. It's really interesting to me that we know that it works. People who do like the keto diet, a low-carb diet, all those different diets, they would lose weight. But we don't really fully yet understand the mechanism of this. We just know that it works. So to answer the question is, lowering your carbs seems to be the first step to do for weight loss. And then people will ask me, how many carbs should I eat? This is really individual, actually. So some people will need to lower to 100 grams a day. Some people is more like 50, 60. Some people is more like keto range, 20, 30 grams a day. Uh, some people is none. Okay, I have a patient who came a few weeks ago. She's been trying to lose weight for, for, for decades. For decades, she tried all those diet, keto, low carb, different things, hormone, nothing worked. For her, the answer was, a carnival diet. She went all the way to no carbs, just animal protein, and she started losing weight. This is pretty extreme. I may not recommend that for everybody, but the first thing is to lower your carbs. It's really funny, as you mentioned the carnivore diet, I literally have my like Yeti mic on the ultimate carnivore cookbook and I'm yes. interviewing Wade Lightheart, who's the CEO and founder of BioOptimizer soon. And uh, my hubby and I, we just made a nice piece of steak the other night and I loved it. I do so much better when I have less carbs and more fats, protein, lots of greens. I grow a lot, ton of my own veggies, uh, which is fantastic herbs because when we cook with herbs, we're getting a lot of like, like nutrients and cofactors and vitamins in that. Uh, we just had a question come through. What about intermittent fasting in your opinion? Oh, I love intermittent fasting. It's one of the tools that I use uh, along the diet to help with weight loss or just to help to reboot your immune system or your metabolism. 
Uh, I'm a big fan of the what they say, the 16-8 fasting, right? So you eat over a windows of eight hours and you fast for 16 hours. So me personally, I've been fasting for years now. I don't eat breakfast. I skip my breakfast time and I eat from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's my window of eight hours. And I eat two good meals, some snack in between. And you just feel better when you fast and we eat that way. It seems that you have more energy. And you just feel younger and better. It's actually really cute. I literally have right next to me um, some tomatoes from my greenhouse mm. and also some table grapes. <laughs> literally right next to me. <laughs> I really want you guys to grow as much of your stuff as possible. If you're condo living, you're probably going to have a balcony. Um, just be careful with those wall growing um, options because they can actually harbor a lot of mold. So you got to be careful with that. We had another question come through about, you know, do you think that the vegan diet is, is good for weight loss, homeostasis, all of that healthy aging? Just super curious. Yeah, that's a, that's a really hard question to answer, right? It's really tricky because it does imply different things in it. Uh, from my clinical experience, I have to say that I deal with people who, are, who have chronic issues, I've been dealing with all kinds of problems, seeing medical doctors, take medication. And from what I have observed, uh, the vegan diet doesn't seem to be the optimal diet for longevity, for long term, for lifestyle. It is a tool that I use uh, in some cases. Uh, for example, uh, I use the Gerson therapy, which is mostly vegan diet for people who are dealing with cancer, for example. So the Gerson therapy is really based on just fruit, vegetables, like a lot of uh, plant foods. So that's a tool that I will use for some time, for four, five, six months. But after a little while, you need to add some animal protein. Otherwise, you may actually uh, develop other issues like deficiencies, right? Uh, people are concerned about iron deficiency or B, B12, zinc, for example. So you have to be really careful with the vacant diet. It doesn't mean that that's not something you cannot do. I have some patients who have been vegan for years and they do fantastic. But most people need to have some animal protein to get to optimum health. I like what you said there that some people do well with it while others don't. And yeah. also maybe integrating it at a certain time for your clients when you're working with them. And I love this idea of just, you know, just getting in tune with your body and eating and living a life that's intuitive and what feels good for you. So what I've kind of noticed in the biohacking world is that people are like diehard fasters. And I recommend that you not be like super committed to something for your whole life. Because when you go through times in your life, like menopause and all of that, your body's going to have different needs. And from the skin perspective, uh, you know, the phospholipid bilayer is made of fats. And I find that um, sometimes when I work with clients that, that do follow primarily plant-based diet, their skin actually can have a different type of look to it, which I do find interesting. But a lot of times people are eating this way for moral values. And, you know, I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. This is like a pretty heated topic, topic of talking about fasting and, and veganism, but I really like how you eloquently said it. These can be tools for different times in your life and to sometimes be under the guidance of someone like yourself, Dr. Serge, and maybe even do some, some testing to see what your body really wants on the genetic and epigenetic level. And so you can check out Rachel Varga dossier forward slash favorites for some of my test kits there that I'm not going to like specifically mention things, but you can just see some of my favorite stuff there or reach out to Dr. Serge for some one-on-one -on -one guidance because Dr. Serge is, is a bit of a rock star here. So what are common hormonal issues related to things like the thyroid and adrenal insufficiency. I just got my Dutch test results actually back today. Yeah. And there are some things that I, I do need to work on. Again, this is just another example of testing instead of guessing with what we're doing. But what are you seeing clinically? This is a good, really good question because most of my clients are actually dealing with thyroid, adrenals. Sometimes there's a connection there, right? Uh, this is something fairly common. Of course, diet is the foundation, right? We talk about uh, how it may be beneficial to lower your carbs because a high carb diet seems to stress the body. It seems to keep your stress hormone higher into your bloodstream. 
Uh, and that can be problematic over time. It can lead to deficiencies and can shut down your gut function, your digestion, your absorption, uh, and the stress high hormone. This is what I see with most people because 99% of people that I see come in the office, they have thyroid symptoms, right? Weight gain, they lose their hair, they feel tired, uh, PMS, hormonal issues, right? And the blood work seems to be okay. Okay, so the TSH, the T3, the T4, everything is okay, but they still have symptoms. Medical doctors, unfortunately, don't really look at adrenal health. And there's a direct connection there. So the adrenals and the thyroid work together as a pair. Okay, so if your thyroid is fine, maybe there's something going on with your adrenals. And when we look at reverse T3 or 3 T3, 3 T4, you could see pattern. You can detect, for example, a high reverse T3. That could be an indication there's a high stress hormone in the body. And we, we would need to run some tests, some spit tests maybe, saliva tests or whatever to detect your stress hormone. And typically that's the pattern that I see. When your stress hormone is high, it tends to block you, the conversion between T4 and T3. Right, your thyroid makes mostly T3, uh, sorry, T4, and then the body, like the liver, the muscle, would convert the T4 into the T3, which is the hormone that is active into your body, right? So your body needs to achieve this conversion to have a good thyroid function. But when your stress hormone is high, your cortisol is high, hormone is high, it tends to block this conversion, the T4 to T3, and people may have normal t thyroid hormones, but over time, they will see a lower T3 uh, blood level, for example, the saliva test level. So what I do with most of our clients, I'm sure you see the same on your side, Rachel, is people are stressed out. We need to address the stress in the body, in their life, the lifestyle, address the diet, okay? Uh, do some workout, maybe some journaling, some meditation, some yoga, some Pilates, whatever we need to do to lower stress in the body and look at deficiencies as well. 50% of people in the country is magnesium deficient. So if you have a magnesium deficiency, your body is stressed, okay? You need some magnesium into your body. I really like to look at deficiencies. We address those, it typically helps the body. Uh, looking at craving, right? A lot of people crave sugar or, or salty foods. That's another indication that something is off in the body. Uh, working on, uh, on the gut health, right? So the gut is so important when it comes to uh, making sure your body is optimum function. So we, I have a family member. He's a Harvard trained physician. And we got into a little bit of a heated debate over the concept of gut health. And this, this is still like super poo-pooed in the medical space. But when you see practitioners like yourself that have segued, no pun intended, because your name is Dr. Serge, um, <laughs> When, when they segue from like the traditional Western setting into meta, the integrative settings, it's just like those are the rock stars that understand kind of both lenses. And, uh, you know, I just got, like I said before, I just got my Dutch test results right before hopping on this call here. How's that for timing? My melatonin was a little bit low. My testosterone was super low. And I had an issue with um, one of my methylation pathways, which is related to the testosterone. And that was actually really easy for me to just look at my results and say, okay, I need to do some things to support that. So really like power to the people right now for having access to these tests. And if you need help with analyzing them, you can reach out to someone like Dr. Serge. And, and I'm actually looking forward to becoming trained in interpreting those types of tests as well. But you know, Dirt. Like since I did that Dutch test, I've already incorporated some adrenal support supplements. Um, there's chewables that are like kind of like a clonazepam Ativan alternative to dealing with stress because especially for women for aging, this is big. This is really big. It's like the thyroid and adrenals are like the place you want to go to first to really do a deep dive in maybe even before like looking at taking hormone replacement, that could be a pretty controversial topic, but I'd love for you to expand on that. What's your, what's your take on that? I like your question because hormones, it's a big topic, right? It's really controversial. And typically that's the conventional way to do things, right? You do some blood work, some saliva testing, whatever it is, and your hormones are off. So your medical doctor will give you 
creams, lotions, pills, could be injections, could be the pellets, right? Could be different things. And all those uh, options, when you really look at the science behind how they make these different products, is they are not 100% bioidentical to us. So it's a little bit confusing and it's a bit misleading uh, to people because people come to me and say, man, I've been on bioidentical hormones for years. I feel good and all that. But they have other symptoms that they don't realize it's coming from the hormones. So none of those products, I know it sounds really controversial right now, but none of them are bioidentical. It's a lot from plants. It could be from horses, could be from pigs, from different animals. So they are similar hormones than ours, but they're not bioidentical. That's why most people over time start having issues with those uh, different options. My I mean, mom is had... one of those individuals. She actually developed estrogen-related breast cancer from yes. breast. She developed breast cancer. Um, as a side effect of her HRT, and I just like straight up asked her oncologist, was this a side effect? And the answer was yes. And if you're thinking like, okay, well, it's bioidentical. Do you guys remember thimerosal and the issues with that? So, you know, we're like super nerds here hanging out. Um, if you think for a second about this, you know, ball and stick model of like a molecule, when you have the ball, there's like different sticks connecting to different atoms, right? And if those connections are like tweaked or rotated inappropriately, you're gonna have that chiral center not be necessarily the same as what we see in nature. And that was one of the issues with thimerosal, that one difference with that with that chiral center. And I have a feeling that that's actually, you know, maybe what's causing some of the issues is chirality with, with yeah. HRT supplements. Is that true? I'm just speculating. You know, there's not a lot of science to answer this question, actually. I just know that clinically, people do not do well. They have side effects. I had a patient, unfortunately, she was on progesterone cream for 20 years, and she developed uh, adrenal fatigue over time. So when you think about it, when you supplement your body with those hormones, at some point, it shuts down those pathways. So your body doesn't have to make and produce those hormones. That's what happened with that client of mine is the adrenals totally shut down and she developed adrenal fatigue over time, low T, low estrogen, low progesterone, and she was a mess. So the, one of the first thing I do with those clients is we talk to them and we explain to them the side effects. We've known for 20 plus years that those products are toxic and it can lead to heart disease, cancer, female cancer, breast cancer, uterus cancer. So I'm not a fan of it. So we explained to them that we need to stop using them. And the goal is to have the body to make the hormone itself. Because we have a really amazing machine, an amazing body, and the body is meant to balance the hormonal system by itself. So if your body is not making testosterone, is not making progesterone, why is that? So we need to ask the question, what's the reason? Diet, toxins, stress, gut issues, could be anything. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, you mentioned magnesium, and I've recently switched up the magnesium that I've been taking. And I checked my aura ring last for my, my metrics last night, have like a readiness score of 94 today. And I think my sleep score was like 89, which is pretty good. And like, uh, like those are those are pretty decent scores for, you know, a super amateur biohacker over here. But magnesium really helps me sleep. Uh, the thing with supplements that we want to be careful about is making sure that they're third party independent lab tested. You mm -hmm. do not want to be getting any supplements off Amazon, eBay, shady third party websites that you think you might be getting a virus from also. Um, because there is the issue with counterfeit beauty products, supplements, things like that. So you can just reach out to um, Dr. Serge and I for assistance with that. And uh, I am going to be having weight light heart talking about a lot of the stuff soon. So stay tuned for that. But I also saw in my Dutch test that I'm low in melatonin. And do you see a lot of your clients being low in melatonin? And what do you suggest we do to tweak that? Uh, this is a good question. People don't realize that melatonin is not a brain hormone. It is a gut hormone. Your gut makes 400 times more melatonin than your pineal gland. We all think about pineal gland, melatonin, sleep. But melatonin is a hormone that your body actually requires to regulate uh, your stress hormone in the body. 
So melatonin is not necessarily a sleep hormone. It is more connected to stress, adrenal health, gut health. So I, I love melatonin. I use it. Sometimes we use it even during the day, try to lower the cortisol level, the stress hormone into the body. So I'm not a big fan of using it by itself, right? Uh, supplementing it with sublingual or pills or whatever. Because again, what happened is when you supplement your body with melatonin, your panning gland doesn't have to make it. Your gut doesn't have to make it. And now you have other problems because melatonin does more than just a sleep or stress hormone. It does a lot, a lot of different functions, regulating the nervous system, your bones, your detox, and so on. So at the end of the day, the, the answer may be to look at the gut health. Is there any gut imbalances going on? Any toxins stuck in the gut? Any food that your body may be sensitive to? Food sensitivity is a big thing. That's the first thing I do with all my clients and look at food that your body is sensitive to go back to the question you asked me a few minutes ago when it comes to thyroid and adrenal health, one of the major food groups that seems to be an issue for thyroid is the high oxalate food, the greens. A lot of people don't realize that. They all say, eat your greens, eat your greens. It depends it, which kind of greens. What kind of green and how you eat them, like spinach. Spinach and broccoli has to be cooked. If you don't eat them cooked, it can actually be something that work against your thyroid. It can lead to thyroid deficiencies. So a lot of people, actually, I have a client who came with, she was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Uh, the main thing is she was juicing every morning greens for, for years. So the answer to me was stop it. We do the blood work in six months later, the thyroid went back to normal. So green food sensitivities, it can be anything, right? So this is something we need to look at and that can impact uh, the production of melatonin in the body. Fascinating. So because the melatonin is connected to the pineal gland and on the Rachel Varga podcast here, we talk about all things body, mind, spirit, energy optimization. Can you meditate your way to better melatonin levels? This is like a super random question, but it popped up. Actually, I don't have any science behind that, but I have a client of mine who claimed who did it. He meditate eight hours, I mean, three or four or five hours every day. And he claimed by doing that, he could restore uh, his sleep pattern, his rhythm uh, by uh, increasing, regulating his melatonin. So it's, I, I guess it's possible. Everything is possible when it comes to the body, but I don't have anything to support that. You know what I mean? I love that you said everything is possible when it comes to the body, because it truly is. It truly is. And so, so here we go. This is a great example of somebody who's, you know, juicing greens every morning, like this client of yours. And she was actually eating things in a way that was not conducive to her overall wellness. And so this is why we need to, whenever you're listening to someone like myself or Dr. Serge talking about like living healthily, it doesn't really matter what you hear. There's like information vomit out there right now with misinformation, disinformation, everyone's trying to talk, trying to tell you something. So, you know, really getting into like the truth of something, right? What's true, what's not true, what's right, what's misinformation and disinformation, just test for it. Would you yeah. agree that that's a better way to look at aging and optimizing your hormones is to just do some tests? Yes, I mean, that's what I, I mean, every, once in a while, I would test myself different things, right? To see how your body is doing. I mean, I tried veganism, for example, for a couple of years. That was not for me. It didn't work. I crashed. So I added protein back and I did well. I tried a blood type diet. It didn't work for me. Some people work. So you try what works for you. Like I said, some people go all the way to vegan. They do fantastic. Some people need animal protein. Some people don't do well on cheese, on milk. Or some people don't do well, well on nightshades. So you really have to be in tune with your body and listen to your body when you eat certain food and see how you do after a meal. If you feel sluggish, you feel a bit foggy, a bit tired, you feel a bit off after you eat, most likely your body is talking to you and telling you, man, don't eat this anymore. There's something you eat that I don't like. So that's food sensitivities, right? There's, a, there's ways to test for it, but the simpler way is just listen to your body and the body will speak to you. I'm, I'm really loving this conversation. So last week I gave myself a cheat night and I had some treats 
And I totally paid for it. The next couple of days, I was foggy. I was, you know, I felt like I was like brain dead. And it was literally because I ate something. So when you're super tuned in to your body, my spirit energy, when you have something that kind of like throws a wrench into the machinery, you'll notice it. But if you're not tuned in, you're basically used to feeling like garbage. You don't even know how good you can feel. And one of the things I really admire about my husband, who's a pro athlete, is he doesn't need to like listen to any of this stuff. He's so incredibly in tune with his body. He just knows. But then, you know, the regular people like you and I, we, we need a, a little extra help with um, some tests and stuff like that. So why don't we switch gears to talk about the skin for a second? Because obviously the skin is our largest organ of the body. And y'all are tuning in here to be more beautiful, radiant, look better, live better, healthier, wealthier, all that good stuff. So what are gut related issues that can actually manifest in the skin? What are some of the what are some of the most common things you're seeing in your clients? Good question. As you said, gut skin is directly connected. Um, so sometimes I like to say that whatsoever is going on inside your body reflects on your skin, right? And then when we fix the inside, it shows on your skin as well. So when you have skin problem, typically it's a sign that something going on inside your body. You need to, again, pay attention and listen to your body. The main thing that I see on my side when it comes to skin problem uh, will be just typical hormonal acne, you know, around the chin, the jawline. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's hormones are off. Could be a thyroid issue, an adrenal issue. Typically, it's a sign of estrogen dominance. Uh, again, connecting with the hormones we talked earlier. So I'm not a big fan of using estrogen at all because most people are in this, this state of estrogen dominance. So we need to address that. But the main thing that I see is really psoriasis, which is an autoimmune condition. So it's really autoimmune disease, right? So this is a condition that is more prevalent these days. Uh, actually, as a, as a matter of fact, the last four or five years, I've seen a lot more people coming to us with autoimmune issues like Hashimoto's, psoriasis, uh, lupus, and so on. So this is when the body is getting confused. The human system is attacking itself for some reason, and it attacks different parts of the body. In this case, it attacks the skin, for example. If it attacks the thyroid, you have Hashimoto's, and so on and so on. Again, it all comes down to the gut. Food, okay, what you put in your mouth, but the main thing that I will see on my side is two things, actually. One is pesticides, okay? The glyphosate, Roundup, uh, that we spray on our food, all those fungicides, those chem chemicals to preserve our food. Um, that end up into our gut, of course, if they don't eat organic foods. And that can really mess up the enzymatic activities in your gut, the gut lining. It can lead to leaky gut and then leading to autoimmune issues, right? And then not to help with this is parasite infestation, right? We all hear and know about the microbiome, right? The bacteria, the probiotics. They all say take probiotics, take probiotics. All this is good. But they never talk about the last component of the gut, which is the parasite component. We talk a lot about virus. Okay, there's more times viruses in our gut than bacteria. We talk a lot about candida. Yeast of a growth coming from wheat products, sugar products, all that stuff. And then we never talk about parasites. And that's why I wrote a book to give information about the parasites. When you start cleansing parasites out, the skin just clears up. It's almost all the time that's what happens. All right. So you've done 20 papers. I've done like a handful, but uh, I do have one of my papers in front of me. And when you mentioned this uptick in autoimmune, I've actually been including that in my recent papers for practitioners to be aware of. By the way, if you're an aesthetic provider, aesthetic uh, physician or nurse, please email me at info at rachelvargadossier. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help your clients thrive as well as your practice. And I do provide... Um, clinician guidance as well as uh, I help the client and also the clinician at Rachel Barker dossier. Just reach out. Don't be a stranger. If you're like, Hey, Rachel, I have a question about this. Can you help me info at Rachel Barker dossier? Trust me. I love to help out. But I, I talked about this in my, my last 
two publications. So it is important to consider long-term safety and efficacy and evaluate any potential health implications with clients diagnosed with underlying health conditions. So I'm trying to provide awareness in the rejuvenation space that uh, we need to pay attention with these uh, non-surgical implications of like lasers, injectables for those that do have underlying conditions. And that's actually been really well received in the community. Uh, But for a long time, there's just, there hasn't been a lot of um, information around it. So I also say a combination and conservative approach that includes a health examination before every procedure is prudent when providing rejuvenation treatments, ensuring the patient's health and safety is always the first priority. So putting that above looking good is really important. So if you're considering like doing anything for the skin rejuvenation wise, but you're not feeling awesome, maybe delay that until you're feeling a little bit better. Because when we're talking about things like environmental toxins, as one of the primary causes of things like weight gain and skin issues, we have this toxic bucket. And if it gets too full, guess what, it's going to tip over, and you're going to have things manifest. So I would love for you to expound on which environmental toxins are some of the primary causes of weight gain, skin issues and accelerated aging. Great question. And to me, this is the question we should all ask and answer. Because every day we are exposed to about somewhere between 80,000 to 100 different thousand different types of toxins. So we, li- we live in a toxic world, right? So we are toxic. So toxins to me is the main driver of autoimmune issues and chronic issues. Like you said a few minutes ago, so when you get to a certain threshold of toxic load into your body, this is where you start having a problem. And this is something I see all the time. People would tell me, man, I've been feeling good for 30, 40 years. And then all of a sudden, I started to have a problem. They got to that threshold that the body is so toxic that the body spoke to the person. Listen, there's something going on. And what's going on with toxins and weight gain is over time, the body gets overwhelmed. Your detox pathways, your phase one, phase two, and, and phase three detox pathways get overwhelmed. They get shut down. These are located in your liver, right? Your liver is the main organ of filtration of toxin eliminations. So when your liver is not working at 100%, so the body will find ways to detox. So what happens is the body will store those toxins into fat tissues. Because those toxins are fat soluble. The most common one we all heard about years ago is the BPA, right? This component from plastic. It was mimicking estrogen. It was causing all kinds of hormonal imbalances. And BPA and those toxins are stored in fat tissues. So what happens over time as you increase the storage of toxins, your body has to make more space to store the toxins. So over time, every year you may gain three or four or five pounds because your body has to make more fat cells, so more fat tissues, I should say, to store those toxins. 20, 30 years later, you gain 20, 30, 50 pounds. The fat tissues are toxic. It's typically around the waist, the midline. This is a pattern that I see almost in all women. They want to lose that pattern, that waist, that weight, right? Right around the hips. They have the skinny legs and like the massive waist. You see this all the time. All the time. This is a sign that your body's toxic. So what happens is you need to actually slowly detox. And on my website, I actually wrote a PDF on how to do that. So I use food to be able to detox. I'm not a big fan of using all those different cleanses and protocols and products. The body is about to do it and there's a way to do it with food. Oh, I love it. We speak very similar language here, but I didn't realize that if we're toxic, we're, we need somewhere to put it. So mm-hmm. your body's going to enlarge your fat cells. So some of the things that we know about fat cells is that they don't really proliferate unless it's a case of like diabetes. And yeah. because I have done a lot of work with uh, cryolipolysis, so different rejuvenation devices to actually kill fat cells, they actually create um, a process in the fat cell called apoptosis. And it tells the fat cell to die and then break apart. Then your macrophages flush out the cell um, like fragments through your your liver, kidneys. When you go to the washroom, it's like bye-bye fat cell fragments. Um, But as we age, we kind of have like the same number of cells, but they can get 
bigger as you gain weight and they can get smaller as you lose weight. And if you are obese, then they will, um, I think I said uh, diabetes earlier, I meant obesity, um, but then they can proliferate. So is my understanding about the nature of fat cells enlarging and shrinking based on some of the literature that I first learned about about eight years ago, is that still true or have there been advancements? That's still true. That's still the same concept. Uh, and by the way, this hypothesis, it's called the obesogene hypothesis. It came up from a doctor in California a few years ago, and then he made a connection with toxins and weight gain. And that's typically the reason that if you do good diet, you eat well, you do a low carb, for example, you do different things, but you cannot lose weight, it's most likely you didn't get to the root cause at the cellular level to detox the cells and the mitochondria in order to shrink the fat cell and start losing uh, the weight. So I, I kind of postulate that a lot of the toxins in overweight individuals would be more in the visceral fat than in like the subcutaneous belly fat. Is that true? That's correct. And, and most of the toxins are either coming from food or from the skin. Yeah. Know, right. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. So when I work with clients, I actually love for them to tell me what they're using. So this is kind of yeah. part of the process of a one-on-one -on -one call with me, which I don't know how long I'm going to be doing one-on-one -on -one calls for. So make sure you book that with me at rachelvarga.ca. But I love to go through the products my clients are using, look for the worst offenders, like the paraben salate sulfase, artificialized fragrances, and also chemical sunscreen filters, and help to relay like which products could be okay or which ones you, they need to flat out stop using. Yeah. And those are the only products that I like to support are products free of that. So I've curated about 10 to 13 brands of medical grade skincare products that uh, actually satisfy my guidelines for, for being clean, but also effective. So you can use products that are like free of all those chemicals and stuff like that. Not all chemicals are bad, just so you know. Uh, they're, they're free of the toxins, but they're not going to deliver the results. So that's kind of where I help to kind of navigate that. But yeah, agreed. It's uh, also, there's a 2020 PubMed study. There's actually a lot of practitioners out there that you'll find on YouTube. I'm going to do a separate video on this, uh, where they're actually recommending super toxic products, but they're making bank with their affiliate Amazon links. Like how much does that irritate you to see professionals that are like licensed professionals talk about using toxic products online? It's really, it's really hard to listen to those and see that and, and see they don't see that right. Uh, most of them, I think, don't really know what we know. So it's a Agreed. lack of knowledge and education. Uh, when it comes to selling products and all that, that's to me, that's a, that's a, a fine line, right? So you have to make sure that whatever you recommend is the less toxic, like you said. Uh, otherwise, I would not be able to sleep at night knowing what I do to people, right? Making them more toxic. Uh, I think they just don't know what they are doing at the end of the day. So it's so funny. I, I actually called out uh, a local derm and I messaged them and I said, you know that those products that you talked about in your recent Instagram reel have all three parabens in them and those are known hormone disruptors and there's multiple clinical papers on that. And the retort I got back was, oh, well, they're well tolerated and they're cheap and easy for people to get. But oh. Then I sent her a 2020 article that you can easily find on PubMed that those main top brands, like I don't bash brands here, but like the main over-the-counter brands, they have anywhere from nine to 14 known allergens that can relate to things like topical dermatitis, like red irritation, not to mention the hormonal disruption. So there, yeah, exactly. There needs to be this like shift in the, the Western approach to like skin and aging and topical stuff. They just don't know about this integrative stuff and the impacts of these ingredients on the hormones is like, you don't know until you know. So I love that you're echoing that too. It's, we do sleep well and I don't, we Dr. Serge. And that's part of the confusion too, right? Because people trust the medical doctors, right? When you go see a specialist, you pay a lot of money, you trust them. And most of the time, those products, when they come to me or come to you, they don't work. They don't address the food cause. It can make things worse. And typically that's what I see, right? So there's a lot of educations to do. 
And I applaud you for you doing this because we need to get the word out there, right? So we need to educate people on the truth. Yeah, so you just have to be careful. It's like next time you're looking at a, a, a huge YouTuber, we're talking like these people have like millions of followers and people oh, are just wow. like taking their word as the Bible Yeah, and they have their Amazon links down in the bottom. Like, don't be fooled. Those people are making bank. And I want you to pay attention to who you're getting your information from. So like when you look at someone like Dr. Serge, Look at his eyes. Look at his face. Does he seem like a high vibe, radiant kind of person? Or is he just like super flat and, you know, kind of like they might be like a little bit dead inside? Like, why would you want to take advice from someone like that? Wouldn't you rather take advice from someone who's, you know, really kind of walking the walk and talking the talk? This is the point. This is exactly what people need to realize. When you do, when you walk the walk, like you said, you, you see it. And you can feel it in people's energy. Um, and that that's a red flag to me, you know? Yeah, just because that information is free doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So this is like the piece de resistance to oh, our talk here. Yeah. What do we need to know about stem cells for healthy aging? Oh, this is an amazing topic. And this is the, the most exciting topic right now in anti-aging and in health. And that's, I did actually my fellowship at Harvard Stem Cell Institute on, on heart stem cell. So people don't realize that we know today that each organ in our body has a, a population of stem cells. I, I like to say, to talk about this example about the liver. If you chop off two thirds of your liver, a month later, your liver is growing back, is all back. So that's the stem cell, right? That's your liver being able to regenerate itself. And at Harvard, what I was doing is I was working on heart disease. So we will try to regenerate the heart after a heart attack by stimulating the stem cell of the heart. So it was really fascinating actually to see that. There's a lot of problems with that technology because it's new, but the concept of it is amazing. And this is what we can do with nutrition actually, try to support our stem cell in order to slow down aging. You know, I don't think we can really stop aging, right? I, I think at some point we have to move on, but we can definitely slow down aging uh, for quite some time, actually looking better and feeling better for decades. I mean, I had people in the 80s and 90s and they feel better than when they were 25 or 30 years old. So it's possible to do that by helping the stem cell population. And one way to do that is to look at the what we call the tall pathway. I don't know if you guys heard of this, the tall T-O-R. So it's a really fascinating pathway that has been known for about 15, 20 years and is directly connected to anti-aging and stem cell. So the idea here is to use nutrition to turn off this pathway. So when this pathway is turned off, autophagy kicks in. Autophagy is a big word that means at the end of the day that your body recycles old parts of your body. And we're trying to achieve that through fasting, correct? This is the same benefit as fasting, correct. So when you fast, you kick in, you turn on autophagy. That's why you feel more energized and younger. You don't have to fast to have the same benefit if you turn on, sorry, turn off the tall pathway. And the way to do that is to get to at least 70% of your diet fat. So if you eat at least 70% fat, you turn this pathway off, kicks in autophagy, kicks on apoptosis, like you mentioned earlier. So cell death, cancer cells dies, you recycle the old part of your body, you regenerate your body, and you turn on your stem cells, which allows your organs actually to work and feel and look better. Random question. Do you think that if we stimulate autophagy in such a way, it can actually kill fat cells? I like this question and I don't have the answer to that. I don't think any doctors ask that question from a science point of view, but I'm curious to know what will happen if you do do that. Yeah, or if it's um, there's like some really cool mediated pathway that's like, okay, this is like 
too much volume in the fat cells. Let's just like put autophagy on and get it to like a lower BMI percentage. I would be really fascinated to look at that research. Um, my, from my understanding, the concept of um, fat cell apoptosis and understanding those pathways through cryolipolysis. This, this is actually Harvard technology as well. It's been studied since the 80s. I am a huge fan of using products and technologies that have been on the market for about seven, eight years, like worldwide. And, and this has always been my stance with offering rejuvenation injectables. So a client would come to me and they say, Rachel, you know, I want to do this, this, this. I've heard there's this new product on the market. What do you think? There's a really popular one. It's still used today um, for actually dissolving submental or double chin fat. But I didn't really like the pro the close proximity to the delicate thyroid. I didn't like that. And it was like brand new on the market. It had only been around for like four years. And you can't use it on anybody with pre-existing thyroid issues, which is yeah. like like how what's the percentage of population that are affected with thyroid stuff like a lot and if they're not diagnosed they probably don't even know about it so it's like okay we gotta like wait for these things to be around for a while and in my uh and i write that in my papers like very boldly like we need to be conservative with this stuff and when it comes to stem cells how long has stem cells been studied how long have like the applications of stem cells for like joints or, or cardiac improvement actually been applied? Like what's kind of the, like the, the protocol, like, cause what I found is like the first generation is never the best. You always want to wait to like the second, third generation or iteration for applying these things. I would love for you to expand on that. That's a good point. And that's why personally, I'm not a big fan of this technology yet because it's really recent. It's maybe 10, 15 years. Uh, there's all kinds of stem cell research products out on the market and there's side effects to it. Uh, when I was at Harvard, I mean, I don't want to scare people off, but one of the major side effects we had uh, when it comes to heart hair was, uh, yes, we were able to have the heart, but the major side effect was people will have cancer, okay? Uh, cancer, is it is a stem cell disease at the end of the day. So you have to be really careful when you play and and use stem cell. That's why I'm not a fan of injection, for example. Uh, I'm more a fan of using diet or maybe some herbs, some vitamins to support your own stem cell. Uh, There's some peptide, a peptide that you may know, copper peptide, for example, that can help stimulating the stem cell. So these are safe. Uh, These have been around for for decades. I use Uh, copper peptide in like pretty well most of my recommendations for my clients, but it needs to be a really good formulation yes. where all of the all of the products in that formulation are going to actually have a positive desired outcome. So just because yeah. you see like copper peptide in a beauty product or an anti-aging product, you need to make sure that it's third-party independent lab tested and that it's going to be both safe and efficacious. It's like hyaluronic acid. We see this all the time in serums. The hyaluronic acid molecule can vary in size. If it's too big, it's not actually going to get into the skin cell and do its job or there could potentially be interactions with other ingredients in the formula. So that's where Dr. Serge and I come in handy. We can help you guys navigate this stuff. So I'm just curious, like with the heart for a second, were stem cells being injected into the heart tissue? So yes, but it was not on people. The technology was really new. I mean, we were the first one actually to identify and take the stem cells. We would use animals like mice and rats because they are easy to use, right? And it's much more ethical than using people. And we would cause, like, for example, a heart attack in mice. And we would inject the stem cells and the heart would come back. But this mice might have, at some point, cancer or other issues. So we would use animals like our science uh, as a way to start working and optimizing the technology. Uh, it's not there yet when it comes to human uh, technology is not there. It's going to take more decades to really uh, optimize and uh, make sure there's no problem with that. But there's a lot of potential and excitement when it comes to stem cell. Uh, I mean, I've used stem cell to regenerate joints, cartilage, uh, pancreas for type 1 diabetes, for example, liver disease, all kinds of crazy things. It's really powerful. But like you said, you need to use the right product. Otherwise, you can actually cause more problems to your body. 
Yeah. And also the way that it's applied. So yeah. once things have been on the market for a while, different nuances are, are known about them, then they'll be reformulated and the protocols are going to be so much better. So stem cells is not new in my wheelhouse with skincare and rejuvenation. Um, in fact, I actually got really turned off of a, a huge, probably one of the biggest medical grade skincare lines out there because they were using stem cells from like donated foreskin donors. Okay. Yeah, this is huge. This, okay. this is enormous. Like I, wow. I have to tell you, like most skincare companies that are using stem cells, it's from like this one donor foreskin piece that's just been replicated. And oh, I don't know, like, I, I just was not that. <laughs> Yeah. But then there's other companies that are using stem cells from like Swiss apples. So that there's like these, these plant alternatives to stem cells as well. Can you expand on that difference between like the like human donor versus uh, like plants? stem cell donor, um, like bioidentical stuff. Love for you to expand on that. Good point. Um, again, when it comes to human products, right, you have to be really careful. And one issue that I've seen when you use stem cells or product from human body is rejection, right? Uh, we all know this when you use a cell from somebody else and you use it for somebody else, you can have reactions, allergic reaction, rejections. So again, that's why one more reason why I'm not a fan of using stem cells it's always better to support your own stem cell. Uh, I'm a big fan of chlorophyll, talking about plants, right? Chlorophyll is powerful uh, to nourish you. There you go. Good job, Richard. Eating my grapes. <laughs> chlorophyll is the plant blood, right? It's what plants use it. It's full of nutrition, and that supports your stem cell as well. And there's a company, this is something that I use once in a while, is a company from Germany. And they use a black sheep stem cell. They found out that black sheep stem cells is the most identical and similar than human stem cell. Isn't that they, ironic? It, it's ironic to me, right? It doesn't make sense, but I've used it on people with joint issues. The cartilage grew back. I've seen all kinds of crazy things using those products and there's no rejections. And it's really, at the end of the day, it's nutrition to support your stem cell like magnesium, the B complex, the zinc, and so on and so on. But chlorophyll, go for it. It's great for your body. I love it. This has been such a, a wonderful conversation, Dr. Serge. I mean, I could easily talk to you for another hour. I definitely want to have you on the show again. Um, when do you think, like, I know this is purely like, you're, we're going to postulate here for a second. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, where do you think that the science of stem cell is going and how many more years do you think it's going to take for this to be quite a bit more mainstream and not just for the elite? Oh, this is a good question. And I like this question. I was reading some uh, research done by uh, Microsoft a few months ago, and they found out that every 11 hours, our knowledge double up. Meaning that I'm pretty confident in the next five, 10 years, we're going to have really good, powerful, safe stem cell technology. Wait a second. Did you say Microsoft? Yes. Huh. It, it did. A, I mean, they are about AI, right? They are all right. about artificial intelligence. And they look into how much science there is right now, knowledge. And I know 20 years ago, it would take about 100 years to double up knowledge. And now every 11 hours, you have twice as much knowledge. So we have so much knowledge right now, information. I mean, you go online, you go on different browsers, you can find all kinds of information. We are flooded by information. But when it comes to stem cells, I know when it comes to the heart, you're pretty close to it. Uh, some of my colleagues are working on reversing type 1 diabetes when it comes to pancreas. And they are really close to it as well. There's some problems to it, but I'm really confident we think within a decade, we're going to be able to reverse all those chronic conditions that we cannot do right now. If, of course, those big pharma and corps allow us to use that technology, right? 
Well, I mean, I don't even have to say it. You went there. How do you feel about tech companies getting into medicine? I'm going to answer your questions this way. I used to work in one of the best hospitals and institutions in the state. And my funding was coming from one of the big pharma. And I quit my job. I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't sleep at night. We were forced to work on things they wanted us to work on. And at the end of the day, it's all about making money. It's all about drugs, those type of products. And I couldn't do it anymore because there's options of that. You can actually reverse conditions or help the body naturally. And big farmers are not about that unless there's a shift, unless population, people like us are asking for that kind of tools and technology. Good for you. I'm like, I like you even more just <laughs> with what you said, because the thing about like research is that a lot of this stuff is like hyper compartmentalized. And we also see this in the intelligence world yeah. is that it's on like a need to know basis. So you can have these people working on different projects, whether it's like intelligence or science or research, and they don't really know what they're working on. But then when you know, you can't unknow that. And I'm just like, I'm really proud of um, highly accomplished researchers like yourself, Dr. Serge, that are just like, nope, I'm not going to be a part of that. I want to sleep well at night. And I love that. And we have to be super careful who we're supporting now. Like, I, I actually called out one of my family members. I'm like, okay, how are your investments going? What are you investing in? Are you in crypto yet, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I have some stock in like this big this big P company. I'm, I'm not going to say those like tag words and stuff like that. And it's like, really? Like, really? You know, you can invest in other things as well. And just like, think about that. Like, see what you're holding on to. See what companies you are supporting. And ruthlessly, now more than ever, we need to both emotionally and economically support those who you're in alignment with and their vision and all of that. Because this is how we create change. This is how we change the we tip the scales like people like Dr. Serge and I we're here to you know in my opinion really restore balance so just remember for every like bad thing you hear there's a positive opposite to it and uh yeah you, you sleep pretty well at night don't you I sleep much better and, and as a matter of fact I was getting sick you know when your physical body is failing the stress of this I couldn't do it and it's really frustrating for me I mean, I'm a few hours from the border in Texas. I live in Houston. And several of my patients go to Mexico to get treatments that is illegal here in the U.S. That just doesn't make sense. And those treatments actually are powerful. They're all natural, vitamin-based, herb-based. And I cannot do them in the state. Otherwise, I, I would go to jail. Well, I mean, there's a flip side to this. I definitely hear s stories of people getting like rejuvenation stuff done in Tijuana. <laughs> I mean, yes. oh. sometimes, sometimes yeah. we got to be careful of this stuff, right? You have to be careful. It's Mexico for sure, but there's good clinics you can go, right? Uh, that I feel pretty confident they are safe. But my point of that is when they have to make things illegal, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Oh my gosh, I would love to pick your brain on things like free energy and all of that. Because oh. honestly, I think that that technology is available. And I have a sneaking suspicion of who is going to roll that out uh, because of their familial ties with Nikola Tesla, which is actually like in their family. I'm not going to say that publicly, but I do feel like because some of us are kind of like, okay, what's the next move for this guy, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be it. I feel like it's going to be some type of free energy product. And like uh, Elon Musk said that uh, it, he could have like 100 of these different energy um, buildings that could yeah. supply enough power for the entire world. Like this stuff's available. The health optimization stuff is available. So ruthlessly support people that are looking for uh, ways to help us live better, look better, feel better, all of that. And it really does start with us not supporting certain companies and supporting others to tip the scales, create that change. Because the thing with like big food, and I, I've heard this through like very credible source friend of mine, who knows people in this game and it's like they're always going to be making food because the consumers still want like 
they're super high processed, um, you know, byproduct cereal that looks like cute and fun and colorful. And it's, we have to be really careful what companies we support. What's, what's some tips that you have for us tuning in to make sure that we are supporting those that do have our, our highest intentions uh, for ourselves as humans and also for, you know, humankind in general? That's a good question. And this is what I like to tell people is support your local farmers. Local farmers typically grow food organically, pesticide-free. They treat the animals in a human way. And like all of us, they need to make money. So when you support them, you fight against the system, the big corpse, the big pharma. And when you eat that kind of food coming from the earth, you start feeling better. So that's the first step you need to do. Support your local farmers. It's easy. In Texas, there's dozens of farmers you can support. I don't know where you guys live, but there's always farmers all over the place and just support them. I literally like I grow a lot of my food and there's a farm across the street. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really I really want to get like some chickens and goats here and stuff like that. We have a lot of like bunnies and squirrels and deer and it's all very magical and, and all of that. Awesome. We got good soil from, you know, them hanging out. Um, sometimes I feed them. It's really cool. <laughs> Awesome. Oh. <laughs> I have this buck that I I feed every now and again. He he likes the apples and the plums in the yard. It's so cute when you see like animals eating, and especially if, if the plums a little. This is totally off topic, but um, just imagine this like magical buck with like four points on their horns, and I give them a plum, and the plum could be a little bit sour, and it's just so funny like watching them. Like try and chomp it, like because it's a bit sour too. Oh my gosh, it's just like get really tune in. Like, where is your food coming from? Yeah, who can you support? Because we need to pay attention to these toxins and everything that it's just like ruining our aging process. So keep your toxic bucket super clear and as empty as possible, so that you can actually handle stressors in your body better. Because stuff is going to happen in you know this journey of being a human we're going to get in accidents we're going to have health issues pop up just because of the nature of our environments so the better you keep your meat suit and your body mind spirit energy the better you're going to be able to just like cruise through this stuff let your body maintain the homeostasis and do those tests um, there are some pretty sophisticated tests so dr serge how can people work with you how can they find you how can they continue to pick your brain yeah, you put the website at the bottom. So this is my website, science.drsergegwa.com. Or you can email me at surge at nutrition-houston.com. Uh, you can email me your questions, whatever, so we can uh, work together if you guys have any questions. Fabulous. And I encourage you to check out um, Dr. Serge's YouTube channel that is linked in this episode here. And you'll find a really fun interview uh, where where you interviewed me. And I gave a little tough love to one of your audience members that assumed that I would just like slather my body in sunscreen all day and like not get a lot of sunshine and all this. I'm like, heck no, I take supplements to work from like to work a sunscreen from the inside out or they're super dismutase or like powerhouse antioxidants so yeah. they don't have to slather my body in sunscreen so oh. i can get the vitamin d synthesis that was good i really like that that was really funny you yeah, <laughs> probably weren't expecting that no not at all <laughs> anyways i really look forward to having you back on the show you are just such a wealth of knowledge and for everyone tuning in please send me an email info at rachelvarga.ca on what you'd like me to ask Dr. Serge next. I definitely also want to have you on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast where we're going to do another deep dive on things like peptides and stem cells. So stay tuned for that one. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of you taking this journey with me here on the Rachel Varga podcast where I really do my best to share the best tips and strategies I know and learn about in the space of body, mind, spirit, energy optimization to live a higher vibration life and, you know, look more radiant and beautiful in the process. So learn more at rachelvarga.ca. You can hang out with me there, check out my skin camps, get the ebook, and be sure to subscribe on the Rachel Varga official Facebook page, YouTube channel, and the podcast. And please share this episode. Let's get this word out. Uh, This is a really beautiful, positive message. And thank you for your time, Dr. Serge. It's great having you here. Thank you. It was my pleasure.